Good to see everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to the JB Font channel. I am your host, James Fontlore. As always, so good to see you. The JB Font channel is available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. You can catch me on Sundays on the JB Show at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also catch me on RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4, and the Savvy and JB Show on Thursdays at 6. Now, I just want to remind you all to please make sure to take that beautiful appendage of yours and like the stream. If you do, I'll give you forehead kisses at the end of the stream. I promise. Cross my heart. Hope to die. So, <laughs> also, thank you to all the patrons on Patreon and the patrons on Coffee who are all scrolled down here below. Thank you to all the, the members as well. For you guys, because without you guys, I would not be able to have a channel. I would not be able to talk about these things. I would not be able to have the guests that I have on. And so this is why I ask you guys to please make sure to like this so that we can disseminate this information out there so that everybody can find out about the information that we know so that they can also have a more brighter and better future as well. Now... Uh, I just to let you guys know, my guest will be Misty Winston today. She will arrive in about 45 minutes or so uh, because of the time difference as well as some obligations that she has. We got to remember, she's a mom, so she has to take care of those things as well. So she be, will be with us shortly. But in the meantime, I will be covering a couple topics as well as getting to the people who are in the chat in the stream to say my hellos and salutations to them. And it's so good to see you. As typical, always have something to drink. But instead of having tea, I have it mixed in with a smoothie, a green smoothie. So this one is spinach, pineapple, banana. I had a couple frozen peaches, some hemp, chia, and flax seeds, and sweetened with a little bit of honey. So that's what I got today. So yeah. And then instead of using water, I use black tea instead just to give it a little kick. So that's what I have today. So Misty will be in shortly in about 45 minutes or so, but it's good to have all of you here with me this afternoon. Today is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. Now, as always, I like to give a hello to everyone. Hello, it's me. Hello, CBC voter. Happy Tuesday, JB. So good to see you. Wari. Hey, everybody. Eagle winged turtle. Hey, everyone. Hey, Wari. Giving hellos to everybody. Eagle Wing Turtle says, I have to work pretty soon, but glad to drop in while I have a minute. So good to see you, Eagle Wing Turtle. All right, we have Bestie Sweary Fairy. She's 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 been in the Twitters, man. She's fighting people off. <laughs> so good to see you. Ooh, Bestie loving the music. Thank you. I'm trying to incorporate more things because that's the type of dude I am. And so it's so good to see you. Sean Miller is also in the chat saying, Yeah. All right, Sean, good to see you. Game.film says, let's go. Game.film is so good 
to see you. Yeah, I was a little bit muted earlier, but that's all good. Eagle Wing Turtle says, looks like the Le Libertarians and MPP still have not contacted the Greens about Grage Against the War Machine event. It will be so powerful to see three anti-war third parties standing together against war. I agree, Eagle Wing Turtle. In fact, I, I will say this. If you are part of MPP, I actually, in Libertarian parties, I encourage you, look, reach out to PSL, Party for Socialism and Liberation, and reach out to the Green Party. Invite them. This is not something that we should be like, yeah, nah, yeah, we don't need to invite. No, no, no. Invite them. Invite people like Ajimo Baraka. Invite Dr. Jill Stein. Have people like that on. I don't care if you invite Howie Hawkins. Look, I know he's a Russia gator. Unfortunately, that's one thing I definitely disagree with him on. But at the same time, invite him on too. Shoot, why not? Look, we have to stand in solidarity against what the United States is doing abroad. And the United States has been doing these for-profit wars, whether it's by proxy or whether it's direct, for so long. And the people of the world have suffered so much. This needs to end. So I agree with you, Eagle Wing Turtle, that they, the third parties all need to stand together and make this into an event that displays it out to everyone so that everybody knows, look, we're not like these guys who are in the Capitol. We're not like these guys in the executive branch. We're not like them. In fact, we agree with all of you that we should, shouldn't be having these wars. And so, yes, absolutely, I do agree. And that's a really good point. And I, I just wanted to say my appreciation to you, Eagle Wing Turtle, for bringing this out. All right. Okay. Who else did I get in stick to say hello to? We have Emoji in the house. It says, hand pink waving person, turquoise waving. <laughs> so good to see you in Zicha. All right. Also, I got to make sure I talk about, not talk about, but talk with, speak with the people who are in The Rock. Because guess what? We're in multiple platforms, people. And by the way, if you're watching on Twitter, feel free to also comment and chime in too. Because, you know, JB got love for all y'all. All right? Why in the hell did I speak of, of myself in the third person? Good Lord, what the hell is wrong with me? A lot. Good to see you, Fred Edward. He says, derp. <laughs> Fred Edward continues, says, Howie Hawkins, full-on Russiagate, uh, a hat. Green Party is DNC co-opted. I mean, that's your opinion. Um, you know, as far as Russiagate, I definitely do not agree with Howie Hawkins on that. Um, you know, there are some people who are in the Green Party who are definitely not DNC co-opted, but at the same time, uh, I do think that some people in the Green Party could stand to probably be more revolutionary-minded, so I will say that, uh, but as far as them all coming together, I think that that would be a great opportunity, but thank you so much, Fred Edward. Good to see you on the rock. On the rock. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jimmy from the block. Though I had a little, now I have a lot. 
I ain't got nothing. But, you know, that's the way the song goes. Anyway, uh, who else? Let me see. We have Miguel also in the chat getting peace. Good to see you, Miguel. Hugo saying greetings. Good to see you, Hugo. We have Eric T. Red coming in from the Savvy Subs channel saying, what up, friends? Good to see you, Eric. Your bright and smiling face. Also, tell your son I said what's up. Good to see him whenever I get to see him. All right. We have Wabakoin saying hi, everyone. Don't forget. Oh, John Chaos. I didn't forget you. Good to see you. Hi, all Just tuning in. Catching up at two times. Well, you don't have too long to catch up. We are very early in the stream. All right. Wabba Cohen says the Green Party is a DNC co-opted eco-fascist party. I don't know. I don't know. Some people would have some other others to say otherwise. I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm still learning. But I mean, from the most part, uh, I'm looking at, you know, the Green Party from an outsider perspective. You know, just saying. All right. Edward Sheeran says, hey, JB, hope you haven't gone insane with the Marion Williamson crap. The boutique left is pushing like I have. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's what I'll say. And regarding Marianne Williamson. I'm going to purse my words very carefully because I want to remain respectful because there's a difference because you can disagree without being disagreeable. And that's the line that I try to go. Be honest, be truthful. And if you disagree, do it without being disagreeable. Here's my thing regarding the third I'm sorry, regarding Marianne Williamson. She kind of waned back and forth on Medicare for All, which is true. She also has a lot of, I'm going to sound like somebody in corporate America. There's lots of opportunities for her to improve on her foreign policy. You know, I would recommend that she talk to some journalists, especially leftist, anti-imperialist journalists that definitely are more adept or that have more foreign policy prowess to educate her on things like, for instance, the Palestine, the proxy war in Ukraine, what's going on in Afghanistan, things like that. Because unfortunately, because of the capitalist system that we have, these capitalists have a hold around the throat of our government. And because of that, our government has military and foreign policy campaigns that favor the corporations instead of not just us domestically, but the people internationally as well. 
And so the suffering that we see from people abroad is due to the influence that the United States government has via NATO, via its hegemonic influence across the globe. And so our hegemonic influence and our influence via NATO is unnecessary geopolitically because it does more damage than good. In fact, the damage is increasingly significant. And so to have these takes that favor what the State Department and what our Department of Defense puts out there is really a disservice to the international community. And because of this, she could be doing more harm if she's running as commander in chief of our armed forces, if she were to get into that position. Another thing notwithstanding is the fact that she's running to be within the Democratic Party. There's a lot of talk about progressives running and when that that name progressive is used is used as a replacement for Democrat or is used as in place of a Democrat because saying running through the Democratic Party is now becoming more of a pejorative within the left because not because some podcasters have been saying things, but more because we have witnessed what the Democratic Party has done since 2015 when we were awakened by Bernie Sanders to now. And so because of that, we now have a bitter taste in our mouth from seeing how the Democratic Party has behaved and it's fealty to the corporations and the oligarchs and the capitalists. And it's running away from what the people, the workers, the proletariat, the poor have been in demand of. And so because we have seen them run cover for them, including the people who we consider to be progressive, we now go, if all of them are continuously going this way, by the way, they say it rhetorically that they're with us, but in their actions, they speak otherwise. Then this is why we go, you know what? We're we're washing our hands. We're going like this. Democratic Party, out. And so somebody like Marianne Williamson decides to go through the Democratic Party. This is when we go, you don't have our support. And unfortunately, there are some that feel that it's still a good thing because, I shouldn't have put that in air quotes, but they feel it's a good thing because they feel like, okay, this person is going to be showing out the Democratic Party. 18 months ago, that JB would have been more sympathetic to that. But JB today, as of January 24, 2022, I say no. The reason why I say no is because 
It's a fool's errand. Going through the Democratic Party is a fool's errand. Because Nina Turner. Um I'm trying to remember his name. He ran in Ohio. Um, You also have Cynthia McKinney. And you have many others that have decided to run through the Democratic Party. But what did the Democratic Party do? Largely, they said, no, you can't come with us. So even if she wanted to come in and go through the Democratic Party and she was going to cause a ruckus, what difference is there going to be between her and Bernie Sanders. What different? Look at what they did to Bernie. There's really not much evidence that we need more to really just exit the party. Because we've been shown time and time again that they are in league with the Republican Party. If you and I are workmates together in a business, and our customer is upset with the business as the as its entirety. What good is it the customer comes to either one of us for better service if the company policy and the owner basically has the same policies that we both have to go by? And by policies, I mean the way we operate under the cover because the Democrats are the ones that will go... Black Lives Matter, love is love, healthcare is a human right, you know, women have the right to choose over their own bodies. They'll say these things. They'll say, oh, we need to get out of these wars. Or they'll say, you know, oh, we need to protect Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. You're telling me you love me, but you're not proving to me that you love me. Stop just telling me. Show me. Fight for me. The problem is they refuse to fight. Marianne Williamson, uh, she was asked by Gavin on Vanguard, will she be willing to do a what they call a dirty break? She gave an example of Donald Trump saying, it depends on how you treat me. That was really a yes or no question. 
Brianna Joy Gray said that she could be shooting herself in the foot if she answers either in the affirmative or the negative. My problem is, is this gives this gives Marianne Williamson plausible deniability, and we are sick and tired of plausible deniability because they have used this as a cover to say, well, I said this, but that's not exactly what I meant. You see, what I actually meant was this, and so this is why I couldn't actually fight for you the way I wanted to because the sun was in my eye and I had a trout in my armpit. And so when you see that, it pisses you off. It makes you angry because they constantly use the guise of plausible deniability in order to say that they're with you, but then their actions prove otherwise. So this is why when somebody like Marion Williamson says, I'm doing an exploratory committee, when you say that out loud, you're testing the waters to see how much support you have before you run, which means you're already running. You just haven't did a formal announcement yet. This is like talking about, about getting married and talking about shopping for rings before you get on your knees to say, will you marry me? You already know what's going to happen, baby. You just ain't got on your knee to pull the ring out. So my thing is, is number one, she is running because she put it out there already. Exploratory committee, exploratory committee. That means you're running, right? The only thing that really would be different is if she said, I'm not running. She hasn't said it. So my thing is, is and I'll and, and some people may be disappointed because they feel like she could be a way to call them out. But the thing is, is that we have a bunch of people that could have called them out and forced to vote, but they refuse to do so. So what's the difference? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I just feel like, you know, that's just my thoughts. But I wish her the best. <laughs> You know, I just I don't agree with her running through the Democratic Party. Now, if she were to. If she were to come out and publicly say if the Democratic Party does not play fair and square, yes, I will run independent. That's another story. The thing is, is that people are desperate for someone who will actually fight not say they're going to fight. We're tired of the rhetoric. We want action. And this is why so many people are disaffected. And the thing is that you have a lot of people who have no sense of urgency. And because they have no sense of urgency, or I shouldn't say no sense of urgency, I say they have a smaller amount of sense of urgency as compared to those of us who are in a more disenfranchised position. 
So there are those of us who look at the people who have less of a need for a sense of urgency or who have a less sense of urgency. And it seems like they are the ones that saying, well, we, what, you know, this is what we got. And we're saying there's other options. And my thing is, is like a lot of people who are what I like to call the legacy left are going to get, a, if she does run, which I think she is already. A lot of the legacy left are going to give her all the attention. How many third party people are they going to give attention to? These people, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of subscribers. Some even have over a million. But are they going to give any third party or independent people any attention at all? I don't think they will. And if they do, it'll be very tacit. It'll be very small. So because of that, It's like, what's the point? But that's just my thought. Radical Nation, good to see you. Good to be here today. Good to see you as well. Yes, Eric, I agree. Having a clear list of demands is clarifying. However, the thing is, is that when if you're going through a party that is going to ransack you anyway, it's good to have that list of demands to be disseminated out. But then what good is it if that person capitulates to the Democratic Party and their leadership and whoever they choose? It's like, yeah, you put these ideas out there, which is good. But then you're running and putting all that information out there. But then when it comes time to actually put up a fight, balls to the wall, you know, when it comes to going scorched earth, we don't need somebody to play uh, civility politics. Not anymore. I'm done with civility politics. I think we need to go scorched earth call out names, call out scandals, call, throw the Democrats and Republicans under the bus. Basically, the biggest voting block is independence anyway. And if some people leave the Democratic Party and go independent, good. If some people leave the Republican Party and go independent, good but guess what you have the largest voting block and if you can get the independence out there and even still even still even let's say hypothetically somebody does run independent and then they make a big wave which i wish it was marianne but it's not at least as she went that direction If she made that gigantic wave, then it would put the Democratic Party at least on notice that you are in danger. So you literally have to pull 
back from the right. Unfortunately, they're not going to do it because it ruins their gravy train. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, Eric. I, I, I agree. They don't meet any of your 11 demands, which, you know, is another thing. By the way, I got to put up those clips, by the way. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Sway Fairy says, no point in being kind to those that will happily see us unalived. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Waba Cohen, they want a war of extermination. We'll give it to them. Stalin, the speech from Upton German invasion. Yeah. Thing is, is that it has to be, you know, uh, we're tired of just words. Uh, Buffer Luger said it's so scary to have pro-Israel Jew running to the left. Like another Gentile being a coward of Israel is whatever, but someone inoculated against the attacks of... Oh. <laughs> Press in too soon. Just not Stoke Marion. It's on. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's the thing. You know, I wasn't even planning on talking about her. But yeah. Sula Moon. Good to see you, Sula. Says, how many times does a person have to be screwed over before they figure out that their party just isn't that into them? You know, it's funny. It's it's like uh, <laughs> it's like how many times do you shoot your shot with the person in the DMs before they don't answer you and you realize, yeah, they're not interested. The Democratic Party just isn't that into you. Give up. Go to greener pastures. You want to find something better? There are better options out there. And my thing is, and I will say this again, even though I critique a lot who I deem as the legacy left, I, if you're watching, I implore you, do not just, if I understand you want to go through the Democratic Party, I disagree fundamentally. However, if you are full-throated in your support for progressives, then go with progressives that aren't just in the Democratic Party. There are progressives outside of the Democratic Party that you also can throw out support for or at least advertise on your channels, on your streams, podcasts, or whatever. If you're going to talk about progressives in the general sense, then make sure you go for progressives that are, are not just in one particular party. TYT, you call yourself the home of the progressives. I know you know that there are progressives outside of the Democratic Party, correct? By progressives, I mean you can look at people who are running in the Green Party. I mean, look at Matthew Ho. He was running in the Green Party. We need, you know, would it be nice to have another Cynthia McKinney? That would be great. What about somebody from PSL? What about somebody from Socialist Alternative? 
wouldn't that be nice if you guys actually uplifted someone who was progressive but weren't in the Democratic Party? And maybe they're further left than what you like. But guess what? They are deeply in line with the values that you uphold, and they may take it even further. You say you want Medicare for all. They might say, I want a nationalized healthcare system. Guess what? That still is healthcare for all. They want to get rid of corruption. You want to get rid of corruption, or so you say. Why not promote somebody who's also outside of the Democratic Party? That's what I'm saying. Put your money where your mouth is and promote people who are outside of the Democratic Party that may be to your left. You guys may not like the idea of full-throated socialism or communism. Okay, fine. We disagree on that. But can you at least admit that some of the tenets of socialism and communism is actually much better for us as humans than what the right or the Democratic Party is proposing. They are proposing austerity. They are playing footsie with fascists. We are very, we are plunging into the abyss right now at least get that grappling hook out and throw it to see if it sticks into the wall. That's all I got to, that's all I got, you know. Baba Cohen says, ah, the corporate left, the State Department left, essentially. I don't know. Sean Miller says, I like the no saviors method, only policy and actions. Yeah. The people who have the best policy should be the people who when the people who actually display in real life and in real time what they want to do for the american people should be the ones that actually are the ones that get the most support i really don't care about i support this i support that it's like show me and i'm being very calm i'm not trying to be uh overly loud i'm not trying to be overly passionate because i want people to listen to what i'm saying and take it that i'm trying to be as respectful as possible because i i don't because here's my thing am i on the left and my goal is to convince you that capitalism is the problem. Imperialism is the problem. White supremacy is the problem. And I'm trying to 
do that in a way where you understand that I'm speaking because I care. I don't care if you're a liberal. I want you to have ownership of the means of production, right? I want you to have housing, no matter who you are, no matter what your socioeconomic status is. I want you to have health care. I want you to have a democratic say in your workplace. I want you to have a true democratic say in the country where you live. I don't care about all the other stuff because once you get to a point where your material needs are met and that floor, that base is there, guess what? You start to realize there's more, we have more in common than we have being divided. John Chaos says, I'd really be interested in any supporter of Democrats to explain to me how, since Henry Wallace, such support does not fit the most commonly cited definition of insanity. <sighs> yeah. Baba Cohen says, conservatives are currently more open to new ideas. Liberals hate real socialism. They only love big government social democracy. I hate to break it to my fellow social democrats and my democratic socialists, but even our social democracies out there are still imperialist nations. And so if they're imperialist, that means they still have capitalism. And capitalism is like a cancer. If you don't get rid of it, you will go, it will reemerge. And then you will get into a place where more people start to suffer again. Democratic socialists and social democrats, we want a low amount of people to suffer. Socialists, communists, Marxists, anarchists, we don't want anybody to suffer. No, I'm sorry. That's that's a miss. That was a miss. Uh, that was a misrepresentation. My apologies. They feel like there's some good in capitalism somewhat. Whereas I see there's no good in it. Do you really think that, do you really think that if we continuously had the profit over people model, if we got rid of it, do you think somebody like Julian Assange would still be a threat to our government? Because who thrives off of the profits over people model? Would it be the military industrial complex who owns our government? Technically, it's not really the United States government that actually wants to get rid of Julian Assange, just the military industrial complex and the oligarchs that want to get rid of him because 
they're actually using the U.S. government as a tool in order to create the atrocities that they are doing around the world in order to extract resources from it. So Julian Assange put that in 4K and now they hate it. So they're using the, the United States government as a tool to punish and kill Julian Assange and on top of it to make a message to all other journalists either stay in your lane or you'll end up just like him, like him, like Mumia Abu-Jamal, just like many other people who are in prison or exiled outside the United States. And that's what it is. And so because they are looking for, because profit is the name of the game, they don't want somebody that's gonna interfere with that. And with that, my sister from another mister. <laughs> Hi. Hello. It's JB time. <laughs> JB time is my favorite time. Stop. JB time. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody in the comments just said that you would be great at reading bedtime stories. And I would 100% co-sign that statement. You should read bedtime stories. Um, for And then parents could play it to their kids. That would be I great. do read bedtime stories, my dear. People well, just I mean, like for know. kids. <laughs> Oh, well, you know what? I probably could read bedtime stories for kids. Yeah. I could probably do the voices and stuff like that. Too. I never thought I'd do yeah. that. You never know. Yeah. You have a great voice. I think it would be really like relaxing for kids. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. When I'm calm, I think I do all right. <laughs> when I'm calm, he says. When, you, have when been, I'm calm. you did do a very good job of maintaining your calm there when you were talking about uh, the ridiculousness that is... <laughs> still trying to fight within the democratic party i will not be that calm <laughs> i'm never that calm when i talk about that kind of stuff um yeah, yeah i don't have patience anymore i'm out of it ran out yeah. and hi everybody that's saying hi in the chat i can't say hi to all of you but hi guys <laughs> so good as as you guys know this is my special guest for today we have miss win Misty Winston, I always said your last name. Um, <laughs> it is kind of hard to say it all together. It's it, not my it, it's favorite. A, yeah. It's but Misty, <laughs> of course, Misty is an activist advocate for press freedoms. She is an all-around badass. I just have to say that. <laughs> and she is also host, co-host of Facts on the Ground as well as part of the MCSC network. It is so good to see you here. Did you get your hair colored? Uh, yeah, maybe like a week or two ago. I, like, mm -hmm. I'm, constant, I'm constantly getting it colored, dude. Like I'm constantly changing it up. Like my hair guy um, likes to play with the colors and he's a, a long time ago, he's like, can we like, can we try this? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. And so now I just, I just, I literally don't even tell him what I want. I just go in there and I'm like, just do whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so he gets to, play with yeah. the different colors and I get a surprise every time I go. <laughs> nice. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like dunking your head in a box of fruity pebbles and seeing what comes out. Yeah. It's like ha, ha yeah. Figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> and John, I'm not a Putin puppet. I'm Putin's buddy. Get it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Putin's name. buddy. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so she's in she's intoxicating like vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Russian vodka. Yeah, Putin's very generous with the vodka too. Mm -hmm. While he's riding shirtless on that horse, baby. You know. 
I can't. I, see, when you come in, then this is when the goofy side of JB comes out. It's like, I want to do serious topics, but I also want to get goofy with you. And yeah. it's just like, I just like, I got to, I got to parent myself. Yeah. Gosh. I don't do, I do serious, but I um, have a very twisted sense of humor. Like I survive on gallows humor. So I'm able to find the funny in just about anything. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's legitimately how I survive. <laughs> but you have to though, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. if you don't, then it's just like this, the phrase goes, you know, you laugh to keep yourself from crying because mm -hmm. oh, there's so much that we're constantly being plagued with. You're a content creator. You know, you're constantly reading and seeing stories that break your heart and you have to find humor somewhere just to keep yourself afloat, you know? Yeah. Yes, for sure. I mean, it, when especially when I first uh, got super involved in the Assange stuff, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was learning about things that I really wish I could unknow, man, like torture and rape and war crimes and murder and special administrative measures and all mm. of the just really yeah. dark stuff that you, I mean, I didn't have a choice. I, you have to dive into that stuff head first. You have to educate yourself about what it all is. You have to know. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. And then that's just one aspect of the stuff that I deal with. I mean, I cover all the things. I mean, well, not all the things, but as much as I can. I mean, we talk about as much yeah. as we can. I'm only one person. Um, yeah, but like, you know, Yemen or Palestine or whatever, it's just this constant barrage of, I mean, just death and destruction and chaos. And yeah. it's a lot. It is a lot. And that's, I have to, I have to laugh at, I have to find things to laugh at all the time, or I would legitimately lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I always recommend to people at least once a day, find something funny to watch, yes, to read so that you can keep yourself centered because if we don't, we tend to lose it. And if we lose it, then we eject ourselves. We It's, it's, it's like, it's like having on a, firefighter's suit it's kevlar but it can withstand temperatures for so long yeah but after a while you have to get out of there recover so that you can go back in because even though you know we're in the fire we have to take ourselves out of it from time to time in order to survive in order to be able to do what we do yeah. And I'm really bad at that. I mean, some people may know that I've kind of backed off of doing a lot of stuff recently um, yeah. because I went really hard <laughs> for a really long time, like years, like no break. There was times I was doing two or three shows a day. I was doing radio five days a week. I was active, like doing my activism and organizing and all of that stuff. And I hit a wall and I'm really bad about reminding myself that like to take a break um, it's okay to like, you know, take a day off or, you know, just ignore everything for a little while. Um, I'm really bad at that. I'm trying to do better. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all, we have to, like, I'm, I'm a, like a perfect example of why that's necessary. Cause I burnt out. Like I was just so, I haven't really done anything, uh, for months. I mean, after the October 8th action in DC, I kind of just backed off. I did a couple of appearances. Like I went on with Nick and, um, you know, I've done a couple things here and there. Uh, but I had to like really just back the fuck off because <laughs> I was exhausted. I was mentally yeah. burnout. I was in a, I was emotionally drained. Um, 
and I just didn't have it in me. And I'm just now starting to like feel a little bit more like myself again. I've been doing, I mean, I, uh, there was a big, everybody was doing something on December 10th for Assange. And I'm like, I can't, you guys, I just can't, I don't have it in me right now. I just cannot. Um, so now I'm, you know, kind of helping out with the rage against the war rally and I'm organizing something for Assange in April. And so I'm just now starting to like, get back to the part, like where I feel like myself again. So yes, I hundred percent, you need to everybody, even if you're not a content creator, even if you're not an activist or an organizer, if you are in the space where you are reading about things in the news on a regular basis, step away, find a way to like breathe like go hang out i mean like it's so dumb but like go touch grass <laughs> you know what i mean like go or touch grass or, um, or smoke it smoke it mm, yeah whatever. that's also very that's also very helpful yes um, or if you don't do any of that i mean look go to bed early yeah drink it you know make a smoothie at home like i did yeah you know just and one thing I think that a lot of times we can, especially activists, they can have a, a feel guilty for taking breaks. Yes. But yes. the thing is, is that you have to. Yeah. Because that's how you keep going. It's just like working. Yeah. If you work without a break, you burn out. So then you can't do any more. Yes. This regulates you so that you're able to keep going longer. That's the point. Yeah. Your breaks, your time to laugh, your time to chill. I don't care if you're just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, but you're just dazed out. Yeah. Do it. Play a fucking video you... game. Do something mindless. Do something. Com and I'm so guilty of that, too, um, mm -hmm. because for the longest time, I told myself Assange doesn't get a break. Julian Assange doesn't get a break, so I can't take a break. I feel guilty about taking a break. Like, that's crazy. I, how am I going to yeah. justify taking a break? Dude's in a maximum security prison uh, being yeah. tortured to death. And here I am, like, I'm going to take a break. Like, I felt like a, a baby. But I also, it took a long time for me to realize that I can't be effective uh, to anybody if I mm -hmm. am like completely drained. Um, yeah. So yeah, it took a long time for me to realize that. Like, I mean, probably a good four years where I was finally like, okay, it's okay to take like a day, take a day, sis. It's all right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> take a day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think is deeply important. It's just like with people who are caretakers for yeah family members, yeah. they have to take breaks too. And yes. you can't feel guilty about taking breaks because no. look at all the work you've done. And I think that's the part is that you see so much work you have to do. Mm -hmm. But then the, the, I think the problem is you don't look behind you and see all the work you've already done. Yes. And it's like, it's like, let somebody else take the reins for a little while. It's okay. Yeah. You know? So. I'm also very guilty of that. I never look at like what we've been able to accomplish. I'm constantly like focusing on i'm i'm like a, a cynic and i am hugely self-critical so i'm constantly like trying to find where i fucked it up or where i didn't do enough or where i could have done something better or, oh my gosh i didn't send enough emails last weekend or you know whatever it is i'm always looking for the like the bad parts and i need to i've been trying i genuinely have been trying um to get better at that and to um allow myself to focus on the things that we have accomplished um okay I didn't, I didn't realize I was going to do this on your stream, but fuck it. Here it goes. Misty, do you realize how much of an inspiration you are? 
No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I take, was... <laughs> sis, sis, take the compliment. Okay, but I think it's ridiculous. Like, but, I I mean, I haven't done anything that extraordinary. Uh, Thank you, stop, JB. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Thank you, JB. That's it. Because right. <laughs> I, I, I did the same thing for a long time. Somebody would compliment me on something, and then I would say something demeaning about myself as a coping mechanism so, because I felt that I was inadequate in some way. Yes. No. You are adequate enough and you have done a lot. How many of us would not know about Assange unless you talked about it? This is the thing I want you to realize. And also, I'm a big fan of giving people full their flowers while they're alive. You have done a tremendous amount of support to let us know about press freedoms. You deserve a ton of thanks for that because you are putting your heart and soul into it so please that part is true <laughs> that part yes is true. i yes. do put a lot into it um yes and yes, so I will that's why say that thank we, you we, yeah and we thank you for your service because it's hate you're a mom yeah <laughs> you're a mom you're a wife you're doing these things outside of just doing come on so yeah my, my thing is, is that this is why, and, and, and everybody in the chat, give Misty her flowers because oh. she has been doing so much good. It makes you know? so uncomfortable. I, I know. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. This uncomfortability will, will last for about 45 minutes, and then you can say, JB didn't go up and run. I don't mean to make it seem as if I'm like unappreciative of what you're saying. Cause I, that I I mean, it does, it like it, that means a lot to me, especially coming from somebody like you who I love and admire. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But it does just make me uncomfortable. And I know, I think that that's, I think that that's kind of across the board with activists in general, at least those who I have been in contact with. Um, mm -hmm. We, uh, it, it, and maybe I should just speak for myself here, but I never feel like I'm doing enough. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it always feels like I could be doing more. And I think that that's kind of just the mentality amongst activists is that as much as we do, we still feel like it's never, it's, it's never going to be enough. Like there, we should always be trying to do more. And so it's hard for yeah. me to, um, you know, be like, oh yeah, I'm cool. Look at all those things I've done. It's, I, I feel, always feel like I could be doing more. So I do but, appreciate what you're saying. It is, it just does make me incredibly yeah. uncomfortable. I, I understand. <laughs> and, and I, so, and I'm sorry for putting no, that it's okay. Spotlight it's okay. so directly on you like that. Cause it's okay. I, I, I realize that some people aren't, uh, some people are not, comfortable with being put in direct light like that because you know they rather just get a thing i'd rather hype other people than be hyped yeah. myself you know yeah what I, mean? I got you yeah i yeah. got you yeah, yeah. And, and i'm actually the same way i know you are so i, I yeah I like you. i i love hyping my friends i love i mean you know that's it, we joke because i'm like rbn's um uh mascot because i you know like i hardcore hyped you guys like i like i love doing that. i love hyping savvy Thank i you. love hyping um you know convo couch and pasta and fee and like i love hyping yeah. my friends um yeah. but i don't like when that like it, i don't know i've always kind of been that way i've never been good at taking compliments i've never, it's always just made me really uncomfortable um i yeah. think a lot of people can relate to that though i think it most people i think get a little bit like <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah compliments yeah. are weird yeah they are they are um but Thank you. 
Um, Captain That's Obvious asked, is it because you think if you do more than your activism will finally yield results? I think my activism has already yielded results. Um, but yes, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, Julian Assange is still in prison. And that's something I would very much like to change. Um, yeah. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I realize that I can't shoulder that. Like I don't shoulder that burden alone. There's a lot of people working on that. But I think when you um, have been working so hard on something, obviously you want to see it done. Um, and I never in a million years thought that <laughs> we would be coming up on four years of Julian Assange being in Belmarsh. I never in a million years thought that that was going to be uh, where we would find ourselves. And here we are. April 11th will yeah. be four years. So yeah, frustrating. Yeah, it is. And the thing is that a lot of people are now starting to speak out about the crime against Julian Assange. And really, it's a and the underlying current is a crime against true free speech, especially when it comes to journalism and speaking out against what the grotesques of your government does. Yeah. And the government is basically saying we're going to shut him up. And once we successfully shut him up, that'll be a sign for you guys to also keep your trap shut. Yes. And we're going, no, no, no. Don't you dare shut us up. And so I think this is a kind of, I think Julian Assange is the catalyst for us to say, you're not going to take our free speech away. Yes. And I'm so glad that you get that because a lot of people don't understand that it's it, as much as it is about Julian Assange, the person, because he's a human being and we should be upset about the treatment that he's receiving, the fact that he's being tortured to death simply for telling the truth. That should be something that should disgust anybody who cares about human rights. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not just about him. He is simply being used as uh, the warning shot to all other journalists and activists and whistleblowers. Um, and it's already been effective. I mean, I think that we can see that. We, we've already seen the way that journalism has been on a steady decline for years and years and years. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't have a lot of whistleblowers. And that's because they know what will happen to them if they come mm -hmm. forward. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's already been uh, what they're doing to him has already been an effective. It's it caused a, a really a huge chilling effect across whistleblowing and journalism, but it is really at the core of it about, um, uh, I mean, just basic free speech, just the ability to um, educate yourself and others, to have conversations, to debate ideas, um, to hold uh, power to account. Um, you know, what WikiLeaks revealed was some of the, I mean, most disgusting war crimes um, and not just about government either. I think a lot of people miss that um, corporate corruption. WikiLeaks has exposed a ton of corporate corruption as well. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know that the, the, you know, the Iraq and Afghanistan war logs and the collateral murder video and the Guantanamo files, that's what gets the most press and the most discussion, uh, mostly because that's what he's being prosecuted for. Um, but it, a lot of people fail to realize that he has exposed so much more than just that. And it's not just that he's exposed the United States government. He's exposed governments across the globe. Um, and in my opinion, that's as long as we're going to have people in power. We need to have people holding them accountable and we need to have people digging into their dirty laundry. We need to have people exposing them at every turn. If I had it my way, we'd have a thousand WikiLeaks working across the globe, um, you know, un uncovering the dirt on all governments and on all corporations. And it would be I mean, to me, I feel like we should have a system in place where people who are in power are afraid to step out of line. 
They're afraid to do yeah. anything corrupt because we will come for them. And we don't have that. And that's desperately what we need. If we're going to have people in positions of power, which is arguable that that's what we need. But as long as mm -hmm. we're going to have pe people in positions of power, we need to have those who are actively working to hold them accountable and expose them uh, anytime they step out of line. And it's unfortunate that we don't have that. And then, the you know, one of the guys who's done more to do just that um you know we kind of threw them under the bus <laughs> most people don't care um uh or you know it's been very frustrating to watch especially on the left jb it's so depressing to me to see people be like oh well he's not a communist i don't give a fuck or oh well he's um you know wh why should i care he's some white guy like I, that's really a thing that people say like it, it matters that he's white like it's it's just weird um yeah. so yeah it's been it's just it's very frustrating to see how little people seem to care about what's happening to him. And I realize that it's because a great deal of it's because the smear campaign that's been levied against him for over a decade has been very effective. Um, yeah. But it is frustrating to see people who I think are otherwise intelligent human beings, who are otherwise compassionate human beings, who otherwise would understand the severity of what the situation is bringing to us, um, drop the ball. It really sucks. And it really sucks that I have better luck with libertarians and the right than I do with my fellow leftists. That sucks. It's yeah. not, it, it doesn't make, that's not my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. And it does suck because uh, we have to acknowledge the contribution that some get, that some do that would that really advances our agenda, right? Knowing what our governments and these big corporations do and knowing the dark underbelly of what they have been doing is actually instrumental for us to really truly change the world in a positive way because then we can go to the public and say, see what they did? Yes. This is why we need to change things. And this kind of gets me going because I'm going to share my screen really quick because there's something that I came across. I was going to talk about this earlier before you came on, but um, you're here and we're talking about free speech. And this actually goes in line with it. Now, I'm sure you are aware of the governor of my state, Florida. Yes. Ron DeSantis is absolutely anti-free speech. He absolutely is. And yes. it's weird. You know, I just praise the right a little bit because they are pretty good on the Assange stuff, generally speaking. But then mm -hmm. they're also like DeSantis stands. And I'm like, wait, you guys, if you care about free speech, how on earth can you be pro DeSantis? That doesn't make any sense. It's completely contradictory. Um, it but is. it's that tribalism. You know what I mean? Very deeply. Yes, this is from Judd Ligum, and he put out this thread, and this is a very interesting thread. Uh, he says, Florida teachers are being told to remove all books from their classroom libraries or face felony prosecution. The new policy is based on the premise that teachers are using books to, quote unquote, groom students or indoctrinate them with leftist ideologies. Now, if you're somebody who... Pro, pro, um, who prides yourself of being on the right, if you talk about free speech, then you should not be in fear 
of people learning anything that is remotely left. And the thing is, is that these are the same people that will that will talk about grooming kids and doctoring them with leftist ideologies, and yet they will also want prayer brought back in schools. Well, it's because they're hypocrites. They want this kind of, and it's both sides do this. So I don't mean to just put it on mm-hmm. the right here, but mm-hmm. they only care about these things when it affects them. It's it's when my team does it, it's fine. When the other yeah. team does it, it's literally the worst thing that's ever happened. And we have to do everything to stop it. And that mm-hmm. is, that's what drives me so nuts about the tribalism in this country. And the idea that you attach yourself yeah. to a party or an ideology and then mm-hmm. your brain shuts off and it doesn't matter yeah. what, it, what the actual core of the issue is. You're just going to defend your team because mm-hmm. reasons, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, definitely. This is why I don't uh, you like, I know, like I generally label myself as a leftist cause I think it fits, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I refuse to, I, I'm not going to label myself. Um, with any other, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to subscribe to any ideology. I'm not, listen, I just want to have a discussion about ideas, about policies, about, mm-hmm. um, that's it. I don't think we need, uh, the labels are always used. Um, they're always co-opted and they're used mm-hmm. to divide and it's really damaging. Yeah. Or sometimes people will take labels and then do not use them in their proper definition and yeah. apply it to people to who cause are confusion, not properly to them. cause division. Yeah. That's yeah. like Nancy Pelosi labeling herself as, or Hillary Clinton labeling herself as a progressive. The word progressive died that day. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it mean anything anymore. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, and that's yeah. exactly what, that's why they do that because they want to cause confusion and they want mm-hmm. to cause division. That's why you have people on the right who call Joe Biden a socialist. Are you out of your fucking mind? He is a a warmongering capitalist. Like there's nothing socialist about Joe Biden. Nothing. But that's that's exactly why I don't do labels, because it is they're only used to cause confusion and division. That's it. I got you. Uh, He continues, says officials from the Manatee County School District confirmed a new policy to popular.info. The policy was communicated to, to principals in a meeting last Wednesday. Teachers are in the process of being informed now here is the per new statutory changes to hb 1467 says per the new statutory changes to house bill 1467 section 1006.4 standard 3d fs all material in school and classroom libraries are included on the reading list must be one free of pornography and material prohibited under uh senate bill 8 47.02. Okay, listen. Statute. I agree that we shouldn't have pornography in elementary mm-hmm. schools. <laughs> I think most of people course. would agree with that. I think most yeah, people like, would agree no, with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of a, a, I don't know that any, well, I mean, there are some people who would debate that, but I don't think that's, uh, that's not up for debate for me. Yeah. I'm cool with that one. Say, cool with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. It says all suited. So we say suited to student needs and your ability to comprehend the material presented appropriate for the gate level and age group from when the materials are used and made available. Uh, it says each elementary school must publish on its website in a searchable format prescribed by the department, a list of materials maintained in the school library media center or required as part of the school or grade level reading list penalty for violating section eight, seven, 
847.12 of Florida statute, any person violating any provision of this section commits a felony of the third degree punishable as provided in any case statutes. To protect librarians and media specialists, it must be clear that the book depicting nudity, sexual contact, or sexual excitement does not meet the tenets of harmful to minors. Therefore, each district in the state of Florida must comply with these new statutory requirements. We are seeking volunteers to assess with the vetting and compiling website list to all classroom books can be used by students. So, but they're using this to go after books that really are harmless. Uh, it says teachers in Manatee County lamented on this news on social media, my heart's broken for Florida students today as I'm forced to pack up my classroom library. Um, and then it says the Manatee teacher called the, the directive a travesty to education that interfered with efforts to connect with books that develop a love of lifelong learning. And says the new policy of Manatee, which likely will be duplicated across Florida, was issued in response to HB 1467, which was signed into law by DeSantis last March. The law established that teachers could not be trusted to select books appropriate for their students. So basically, they're taking the power of selecting books from teachers. And but then who? OK, you're taking that power away from teachers. Then who is making that decision? I want to know who is there some board somewhere that is going to sit down and decide. And, and then how are those people decided upon? That's what I'm talking about. Like this is it starts mm -hmm. with like these little like they chip away at this stuff. This isn't you know, mm -hmm. this isn't new. This is what they've been doing for a long time. They chip away at this stuff. They don't come mm -hmm. at it. It's not like they're going to come out and just start burning books. Right. But they are going to yeah. take the, the right away from the teachers. And listen, are there some sketchy teachers out there who probably shouldn't be? making those decisions sure um of course. But, but it, it it's it's absurd to me that we're um re removing books mm -hmm. what like that's yeah. ridiculous and frankly i'm a parent i want my kids to be reading um a multitude of material from across um political spectrums from across i mean i want them reading as much as humanly possible um, mm -hmm. And again, are there some books that are not suited for elementary schools? Of course there are. Of course. Yeah, of like, course. I don't, I absolutely agree. There should not be pornographic material in an elementary school. I mean, that, I think yeah. that that's, we know that pornography has a detrimental effect on kids. I think that that's an obvious thing, but mm -hmm. it's weird to me. And you, you're right. What this is not about, um, you know, this is about protecting kids from leftist ideologies that's what this really is about um mm -hmm. and who gets to decide what's a leftist ideology book like is a book about mm -hmm. like the, um the giving tree is that somehow socialist because it's about sharing like is it that's that's what's so weird to me like a lot of really classic books are meant to instill the values of you know kindness and sharing and empathy and inclusion and all of those things which i think mm -hmm. are amazing things to be instilling in our kids but of that's course. what uh, that's what gets the right up in arms is they don't want kids learning yeah. about that stuff and it's ridiculous yeah. yeah uh this is an interesting point uh eric t rest says the problem is that they will define any mention of homosexuality as pornography and i i'm gonna be honest with you as a gay man here's the thing they already passed the don't say gay bill mm-hmm uh, they recently, Ron DeSantis recently just made it um, basically illegal to teach African-American studies in public colleges and universities. With that being said, 
it's basically don't say gay and don't say black. Yeah. And as somebody who fits both of those descriptions, that's erasure. Yeah. To me, that's erasure of who I am. That's because here's the thing. And and someone uh, shared a video. Someone shared a video of a white woman who's a teacher, young white woman. And she shared on this big screen that she is engaged to be married. And she showed her ring and she showed the person who proposed to her. The person who proposed to her was a straight man, right? White man. And a lot of people have no issue with it. And the person right. was like, this is inappropriate. We shouldn't be showing this to kids. And some people who consider themselves to be on the right were like, what do you mean? There's nothing harmless about it. She's just talking to the kids about her being engaged and being happy about it. And it's like, but what if there was a woman that was kneeling in front of her that was putting a ring on her finger? Suddenly not okay anymore. That's suddenly and it's like, not okay. It's like, it's like, but why? You know what I mean? So that's the thing. So, you know, that, you know, Eric has, you know, uh, an issue, you know, I'm sorry, Eric was talking, was referring to that as being an issue you know, when, you know, when it comes to straight people, I mean, hello, I was raised on Aladdin. I saw Aladdin and Jasmine kiss, lock lips, and hello, I still like dudes. In fact, I always had a crush on Aladdin, so. Well, <laughs> so. I'm always amazed that people think that, um, and I do think that there's a certain age where kids are incredibly impressionable and, uh -huh. you know, they might say or do things to fit in or to feel accepted or whatever. But I don't think you can really, like, force a kid into being gay. <laughs> I don't really think that that's a thing. I mean, it's yeah. – I I it's it, that's always been weird to me. Like, I'm straight. I've always been straight. I've, I couldn't force myself to be gay. I mm -hmm. just couldn't do that. I mean, I it's – I don't know. It's just always been weird. I do think that there is some discussion that needs to be had – in terms of where the line is, because, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff now where, um, they want to exclude parents from a lot of conversations and listen, those are my kids. If something's mm -hmm. going on with them, I need to know about it. And so withholding mm -hmm. that information from parents makes me very uneasy. Um, and, and, and I realize that there's certain situations where kids may not be safe. And that's why I think that that needs to be a broader conversation. Obviously, this is not something that there's a black or white answer for. There's some gray space here and there's some give and take where we're going to have to have, I mean, some really uncomfortable conversations where we're going to disagree and it's going to get heated and there's going to be some, you know, where there's going to have to be like some uh, compromise and some, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to find solutions that work best. Um, but mm -hmm. it, it's, it, to me, it just seems like it's so, and it's been made this way intentionally. It's so just emotionally based and so emotionally driven. And we have like stepped away from nuance. <laughs> We've mm -hmm. stepped away from being able to have just a rational conversation. Um, because the, uh, uh, these are conversations we need to have. Like these are issues that exist in real life that need to be addressed, mm -hmm. but we can't mm -hmm. even begin to have real conversations because everybody's just slinging mud and name calling and you're a transphobe and you're a groomer and you're, you know what I mean? Like all this stuff just, and there's no, there's no, how are we going to be productive in that? We can't. Be. Yeah. Um, yeah. but banning books is not the answer. <laughs> it's not. That's and, not you know, 
you know, and I, I'm, I'm using this story as really an example of why taking free speech away is a, an issue. And the thing is that, especially in regards to press freedom, you know, when I was a kid in middle school, you can go to the library and there would be, you, you remember those wooden sticks that they would have the newspapers in? Yeah. I'm not sure if they had that. Yeah. So what if there's some controversial story that no longer could yeah. be put in there, but it's historic, you know, it's historic information that gives me, that lets me know about what happened in the past. I, I can't find this information out as a student. Right. You know, at the library, like, for instance, you know, we now can no longer have African-American studies taught in our schools. So I can't find out about the Okoe massacre that happened over 100 years ago. I can't find that out now, especially as a young black student in the state of Florida. I can't yeah. find out about the Rosewood massacre that happened. I can't find out about the, you know, about a lot of these things that happen within our community, because now the governor considers it woke and he considers woke and a pejorative when really it was actually a positive term that was, in, that was deemed by those of us who are black. So it's like now it's taking away that information that gives us the power to be able to hold our government accountable. And so this is why what Ron DeSantis is doing is, is very extremely dangerous. Yes. This is the example why Governor Greg Abbott is doing is extremely dangerous. This is why what the Biden regime, yes, I say regime, is doing to be dangerous. And also the Trump regime was doing and the Obama regime was doing. And the Bush regard, and the Clinton. It's yep. all of them. Yeah. And so this is why, you know, the work that you do is so important because you're giving light to what's going on. This is why rallies like the Rage Against the War Machine rallies is also so important because people are now the, the, the they're gatekeeping vital information yes. that we don't know. Yes. I didn't know about the Okoe massacre until last year, Misty. I know. Last year. And Okoe is literally less than 10 miles from me. Isn't that amazing? And it's, listen, we have, we in the United States, we have no idea what our real history is. We are yeah. completely clueless. We have been lied to and manipulated from the existence of this country. Straight up, we are bombarded with propaganda every single day. Like the minute we exit the womb, we are being bombarded with bullshit. Um, we have no idea where we actually came from. And um, you know, there's a famous Julian Assange quote where, and I'm butchering it here, I'm very much paraphrasing, but um, if we want to get anywhere good, we have to first deal in the truth. We cannot go anywhere if we don't even know, we, how can we possibly know where we're going if we don't even know where we are? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and we're well, not dealing been? in the truth. We're not yeah. dealing in the truth. We have no idea today, right now. And listen, I'm a fairly... 
uh, well-educated and aware human being who um, searches out information from uh, just tons of sources. And I try to learn as much as I can. We have no idea what's happening right now. We have not a clue what is going on and the realities of what's happening in Yemen or what's happening in Palestine or what's happening in Syria or what's happening in Ukraine. We are being lied to regularly from all angles. And so it's, and listen, we're taught from like, you know, kindergarten that knowledge is power. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that's exactly what this is about. They want to take your power away, period. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. They want yeah. to take your power away. If you do not know what's happening, how could you possibly fight back against it? Yeah. And I, I, I want to add, you know, you know, we don't even know where we are. We also have to know where we've been. Yes. You know, and, and a lot of times <laughs> I, I hate to put it this way. But there are some who are so snowflake about the history of the United States in the past that they don't want to come to terms of what their ancestors may have done. Yeah. And then they don't want to. And and so it's like it's like it's like they put their fingers in their ear. Ah, I don't want to hear it. And it's like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> and, and I hate to put it this way. But some of y'all ancestors did some nefarious things. Absolutely. Get, oh, like you need to just put on your big girl panties and deal with that shit. Nobody is saying that that, like, I think a lot of white people um, think that if we recognize the reality of our history, that we are somehow accepting fault for that. I'm not at fault for what my ancestors did. I'm not. Like, none of us are. But we also can't change the way things are unless we deal with the reality of what did happen. The reality of what happened in the past. Like, we have to... We have, and the, the idea that people want to um, prevent talking about slavery in schools and they want to, that's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Like that is our history. We have to know those things. We, yeah. if you don't, how many, I mean, we've heard it all the time. If you, if you don't learn from your, your mistakes, you're doomed to repeat them. Are we trying to repeat these mistakes? Like it's absurd oh to me that we don't want our kids to be educated and aware of what legitimately. I'm not saying that like that means my kid is responsible for slavery. No, that's re- and I'm not responsible for slavery. But I also recognize that we have this shared history that needs to be addressed. It needs to be dealt with. We need to um, be real about it and educate ourselves about what it was, how it happened, and how we can prevent it happening in the future. Um, or we're screwed. Like, it's just mind blowing to me that people don't understand. Again, it's one of those things we're taught. If you don't learn from your mistakes, you're doomed to repeat them. And then they want to prevent us from learning about our mistakes. Makes no sense. Like, like, could you self-sabotage anymore? It's absurd. It is absurd. Yeah. Deeply absurd. And I, you know, this is one of the reasons why I look at people like Governor Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis as, it's like, what do you want to come back? Because it's like, okay, you you don't want to be reminded of our sordid history. I mean, look, who says never again? Germany says never again. Why? Because yeah. they literally don't want it to happen ever again. And if they can do it, why can't we? Because if we, unless, oh, Unless you actually do want it to happen again. Right. Hmm. And, and and then so some people may, you know, like, for instance, they, they're like, you know, like, if they're going to ban books that talk, you know, about sharing and, and maybe because I'm going to be honest with you, sharing is typically a leftist ideology. <laughs> we definitely are into sharing, especially when it comes to 
resources, food, housing, and things like that. Sorry, but we are because we actually want everybody to have everything. But my thing is, it's like, if you're going to be against that, then why aren't you banning the Confederate flag from being flown in this country if you're going to limit, you know, if you're going to talk about our sordid history? All right, ban the Confederate flag. Right. Take down every single statue to a Confederate soldier, to a Confederate army person. But then they go, but that's our history. And I'm like, but slavery is our history. <laughs> yes. But again, JB, that goes back to the, the <clears throat> tribalism. If my team does it, it's fine. If my team wa waves the Confederate flag, it's fine. Yeah. But if your team wants to talk about slavery, that's the worst thing that ever happened. And we have to do yeah. everything to stop it and vice versa. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it, listen, I don't think we'd have we should have statues of anybody. I think statues of human beings are ridiculous. Um, human well, beings are in they're You know what I mean? Like they're flawed. And I don't think anybody is really worthy of a statue. Maybe Mr. Rogers. I could be down with a Mr. Rogers statue. I love Mr. Rogers. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, he was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's very few people. I'm I'm kidding, but there are very few people who I think are genuinely worthy of an actual statue. Yeah. And a lot of those statues to these Confederate tools were um, uh, mass produced in order to keep black people in their place. You know what I mean? Like they just mass. They're not like people are like, oh, but that's art. No, it's not. They were mass produced quickly um, so that they could put them out in as many cities as possible to make sure black people knew their role. That's exactly what that was. It was um, kind of a psyop. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we're going to put these statues around so black people will just make sure that they understand that uh, while this this may be over, it's not really over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the reality of it. And it, it's it, it's just absurd that people are so um averse to reality it's just the reality like it's okay not everything in our history is going to be sunshine and rainbows that's it's, it's just not how it works period. however however me and misty are sunshine and rainbows <laughs> you are sunshine in human form i don't think anybody's ever described me as sunshine <laughs> or rainbows <laughs> your, your sunshine it, you know it's just people just don't know it yet but you are <laughs> <laughs> most people find me to be much too abrasive and blunt and loud which is fine i mean i'm not for everybody uh but you sir are sunshine in human form there's no debating that um well, yeah thank yeah. you Yes, but, but it's it's just and like the idea that we don't want to have a legitimate conversation about the indigenous uh, massacre, the the way that we you know even came to have this country and the things that, and people be like, oh yeah, well, um, indigenous tribes were killing each other long before we got here. Okay, fine, let's talk about that too. That's also part of history. That doesn't negate what we did, like what happened in this country. That, like we need to know all of it. I'm a firm believer in them. And that's what's, uh, it's very depressing because I feel like we're so far gone. I'm not sure how we ever get back because we have no idea. We don't have a clue. And I, I think that so much of history has been lost because who writes history? The victors, the people who win. And those people are gen generally speaking, uh, not of the best intentions and they're going to lie to make themselves look better. And so, so much of our history is just completely lost. And I don't know that we'll ever get it back. But certainly we can start now dealing in reality and um you know it's it, the, the first thing that we need to do in order to do that is protect our truth tellers um and stop throwing them under the bus it's very frustrating that um like 40 years from now people will talk about julian assange as if he was a hero um and they'll they'll lament Whoa. the fact that he died in prison and oh my gosh that was so terrible we could prevent that right fucking now 
You know what I mean? Like well, Daniel Ellsberg was a pariah back in the day. And now he's yeah. widely seen as somebody who's very respectable and a hero. Ed Snowden, the, the yeah. narrative starting to change around Ed Snowden. Um, we need to stop waiting for decades to have these people's backs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can do that in mm -hmm. real time. What if we try just for a little bit having the backs of our truth tellers in real time and not making martyrs of them? That would be cool. I mean, if we could just try that for just a little bit, let's just try that. But we're not going My to. My question is how many people celebrated when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated back then? And are now because like he making tweets on Martin Luther King Jr. Day about how he was a yep. hero and, you know, yes, lots of those. Yeah. And, and my thing is, is like he literally had a 75% disapproval rating mm -hmm. nationwide, a 50% disapproval rating among black people. Crazy, right? So how Crazy. many of you, of, of people... Oh, a lot of people, I'm, I'm talking just in general, would have hated him today if wow. he were still alive. So wow. my thing is, we have to preserve it. Look, just because someone tells the truth and you don't like it doesn't mean that they deserve to be vilified. You need to come to terms with that truth. Let it sit and then come to terms with it and release, baby. Because the thing is, is that people like Mumia Abu-Jamal, people like Julian Assange, people like uh, George Jackson, all these different people who are constantly told the truth and were murdered or killed or imprisoned because of it. And then at the time, we're like, mm, well, well, or we're like, good, they should, they, they deserve what they yeah. got. But then years later, we're like, man, they were telling the truth like crazy. It's like, no, 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 no. Listen now, and let's go forward with the truth that they've been telling us. Yeah. That's and what makes so, me really so, depressed. It's so depressing. Uh, because, yeah. I mean, listen, I understand. People don't like uncomfortable yeah. truths. They don't like um, being forced to see things uh, in a way that makes them uncomfortable. And I get that. Or I'm human. Dirty truths. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get I'm a human. That happens to me too. There are times when people say things yeah. about people that I like or people that I admire and I kind of bristle and I get like yeah. indignant or whatever. Um, and that's normal. Like that's totally normal. But I just wish that we could figure out a way to step like step back from that and take a breath and examine the mm -hmm. situation. Um, and then kind of deal with the information in a rational and like we need to remove the emotion from it, which I realize is hard. But if we're I mean, we need to kind of evolve past the kind of reactionary, emotionally based, um, you know, kind of mindset that we have if we uh, hope to survive, like if humanity wants to survive, um, because right now it's it's not we're not doing so good. It's not going good for us. Um, and so, you know, we have people who we'll make every excuse in the world for the squad and we'll make every excuse in the world for fucking NATO um, or who will make every excuse in the word world for Bernie Sanders or on the right people who make every excuse in the world for their like for Marjorie Taylor Greene or for whoever it is, Tucker Carlson, whatever. Um, and it's I think that a lot of people don't realize that you can um, be honest about somebody while not uh, like 
like completely discarding them or what like Tucker Carlson sucks. He's a racist. He's honestly, he's just a paid propagandist. I mean, he is a stooge of empire. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, when he covers Julian Assange for a week straight, trying to get Trump's attention to give him a pardon, it's okay to say, hey, that's cool that he did that. He still sucks, but it's cool that he did that. Or, you know, yeah. when Ilhan Omar comes out and speaks out in defense of Daniel Hale, it's okay for me to say she sucks, but it's really cool that she did that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people um, think that they have to go all in on whatever feeling they have about a person. And then if you really like somebody, then you can't criticize them. Or if you really dislike somebody, you can't give them due credit. And it's weird. Like, it's okay. Bad people who you don't like are going to occasionally say and do things that are good. And it's all right to recognize that. And people that you like are occasionally going to do things that are really shitty. And it's okay to call them out for that. I don't think people yeah. are uh, <laughs> able to do that, though. It's really weird. But isn't that called the cult of personality, though? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's bad. And there's a really amazing song, if you are not as old as I am, uh, Living Color did, Cult of Personality. It's a fucking amazing song. Everybody go listen to it. Lays it all out for you about how that mm -hmm. works. And it's that's... Yeah. People are... Um, the people that you see in the news, the the... You know, the squad, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, mm -hmm. Mike Pompeo, all of those people, they are manufactured. That's not who they really are. That's what they want you to see. Um, and so you have to be a little bit more discerning and it takes a little bit more work. You have to you have to look at actions, not words. You, I mean, it's really easy for somebody to say, yeah, I support this thing. It's a lot different for them to actually go and fight for that thing. So mm -hmm. when the squad says that they support Medicare for all, they and they say that over and over again for a couple of years till they get elected and then suddenly they stop talking about it. When the time comes to actually fight for that thing and they don't, that's your answer. That's mm -hmm. where they really stand. And I think a lot of people yeah. are too impressed with words and they yeah. don't pay attention to actual actions. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of actions, uh, there is a rally that's yeah. going to be happening in Washington, D.C. Look, I'm going to tell you guys this. If you guys can get out to Washington, D.C., please, please do, do get your ass out there. Yes. Because there is a rally called Rage Against the War Machine. This is deeply important. Yes. It's the anti-war rally and you can see who, all the people who are in support of it some groups you may like some groups you may not but the point Fine. is the point is the action against war the action against imperialism that's what it is you may excuse me you may end up standing next to somebody you may not like but that's okay because they're actually fighting for the same thing you're fighting for and you can build a coalition around that, at least yes. for just that one thing. So this is going to be on February 19th. Yes, it's also sponsored by the Libertarian and People's Party. I understand how some people may feel. But the point is, is the action, of, is the action against war and imperialism. Yeah. That Guys, is it's okay. Point. It's okay to not like people and still attend events that if you care this has always blown my mind if you mm -hmm. are of the uh, the opinion that oh i care about this thing 
but somebody I don't like is also fighting for that thing. So that means I cannot fight for that thing. What mm -hmm. the fuck is wrong with you? Um, yeah. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what party you belong to. I don't care what books you read. I don't give a shit. If you want to end the war machine, then we're on the same team for that thing. Um, yeah, it's okay for, to not like thing. everybody that's involved. I have my issues with People's Party. I have my issues with the Libertarian Party. I don't agree with everybody involved. I'm still going to show the fuck up because it's important. Yeah. This is bigger than any of us or our egos or our, uh, you know, mm -hmm. our our little fights that we have amongst each other. This is bigger than that. But my question is, who is your biggest enemy? Are your biggest enemies these exactly. particular podcasters, these particular groups? Or is it or the is war it, machine? <laughs> the war machine. Is it imperialism? Is it racism? Is it capitalism? Choose your enemy. My enemy is imperialism, these wars, imperialism, capitalism. Those are the people who I am going to fight against tooth and nail. And yep. if somebody who I disagree with is willing to lend a hand and punching the lights out of capitalism, good. Yeah. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. And, that, and that's what always like stop getting distracted um, about it. nobody saying you have to be best friends with somebody you don't like. You don't have to like go out to dinner, take a vacation with them. All you have to do is show up to a rally in support of an issue that sh is like, we should all care about. Like this is something that uh, if anything could bring us together, it should be this. Um, yes. The war machine is completely y'all. We, Y'all, how much money are we giving to the military industrial complex a year? There are people oh. serving on the streets. There are people who don't Billions. have health care. There are kids who can't afford to like they, they can't even survive. And we're and no. we're gonna like get angry about some podcast battles and not show up to a war or to a rally to fight against the war machine. I, I mean, mm -hmm. listen, the people of Yemen don't give a shit about your opinions about some podcaster. They don't care. It makes no difference Thank to them. You. The people of Syria don't give a shit about whatever beef you have with some podcaster or some political group they don't care they don't have they don't have the time energy or resources to care they're trying desperately just to survive the war machine so we yep. it, just get over yourself i mean i don't mean to sound mean i do kind of because it's really frustrating <laughs> Um, but get you. over yourself. Like, I don't care. Like, listen, there's plenty of people who don't like me that I don't like. Uh, Ryan Graham hates my guts. If Ryan Graham shows up to that rally, I don't care. I don't have to go talk yeah. to him. I might, I might stop by and say, Hey, thanks for showing up. Like, that's cool that you did that. Um, yeah. but I don't like, we don't have to be besties, but I'm not going to then not go because somebody that I don't like is there. If mm -hmm. you don't like Jimmy Dore, fine, you don't have to like Jimmy Dore. Lots of people don't yeah. like Jimmy Dore. It's not about yeah. Jimmy Dore. If you're making yeah. this about Jimmy Dore, you are completely missing the point. Yeah, just stay on the other side of the rally if, yes. if, if you don't like You don't have like to him. like hang out with him after. You don't have to like go get high with him and stuff after the rally. Yeah. You don't have to like go hang out with him or go on vacation with him or have dinner with him. It's not yeah. about Jimmy fucking Dore. It's yeah. not. You know? It's not. Yeah. Get over yeah. yourself. Show up when it matters. Savvy and Eric is going to be there. You know, if you don't like Savvy, stay on the other side. Savvy don't if want you to like hear me, anyway. <laughs> you, don't, like, don't, you don't have to come say hi. I don't care. I'm not, I don't care. Like, if, yeah. or if you want to come say hi, come say hi. Like, I'm incredibly socially awkward, but I love meeting people. Like, it's fun. It's cool. I like being able to put a name with a face. Um, even mm -hmm. if you don't like me, that's fine. Like, I don't, you don't have to like me. You don't have to like Savvy. You don't have to like Jimmy Dore. You don't have to like Nick Brana. You don't have to like Angela from the Libertarian Party. You, McArdle, you don't have to like any of us. It's not about personalities. This is about the issue. Please stop letting the bullshit 
um, mm -hmm. get distract us from fighting for that's exactly how they win. Y'all, why do you think they spend so much time, energy, money, resources, effort keeping us divided? It's so that yeah. something like this doesn't succeed. That's exactly yeah. why they do it. And you're just doing the work of empire if you allow that to happen. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Let's go to the speakers to see who's going to be there. This uh, list what is do you growing know? every day. Every day, there's, yep. they're, I mean, they're still in, in talks with people. So, mm -hmm. I heard, and I'm just like, whoa, hang on. So you have Jimmy Dore, Medea Benjamin, Scott Horton. Love Scott Horton. If you don't have his books, get them. So good. Cool. Garland Nixon. I actually want to get Garland Nixon on. Uh, I love Garland. Chris. Yeah, he, he he's a pretty chill guy. He's a Zen uh, master. Like he, I keep telling, like I met him in DC when we did the Clovers for Assange protest, I don't know, a couple oh. years ago. And he was telling me about how he's a Zen master. Um, really? And I was like, teach me your ways. <laughs> Ooh, I have no okay. Zen. I need, I need him to teach me some ways. Mm, okay. <laughs> Start calling him the big Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. David Swanson, Daniel McAdams. Oh, look, Max Blumenthal, journalist, Anya Parampil. She's journalist with the Gray Zone as well. Also, Max's Supreme. wife, and I love her. Oh, really? Love her, yes. Hi, I see you, Max. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Supreme, who is part of the Wu-Tang Clan producer. Um, I think he's the son of one of the members of the Wu-Tang Clan. So you have him. Tara Reed is going to be there. Diane, Diane Sayre. And she's candidate for New York Senate. She challenged uh, uh, Chucky the Shoom. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Scott Ritter. Great guy. Kim Iverson's going to be there. No matter some people think about Kim Iverson. Guess what? She is trying to end the war machine. No matter what you think about Jackson Hinkle, he's going to be there. I definitely have some disagreements with him, but yes. guess what? He's going to be there in the war machine. Look, good on Jackson for showing up. Yeah. I congratulate him. Uh, Matthew Ho, you know, I actually him. had him on my show. It was great to have Matthew on. Uh, Matthew was also running in uh, the Green Party in the North Carolina Senate race. Great guy. They tried to Wants screw to him. Fight. Well, they did screw him over hardcore, but he did not buckle. He fought back, yeah. which is always good. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, I, you guys know, I don't do the electoral politics thing. I think it's a massive mm -hmm. waste of time and energy, but mm -hmm. if you're going to do it, do it like Matthew Ho did. Yeah, exactly. And so these are some of the speakers and they're adding more. Uh, mm -hmm. Savvy said they're adding more like every other day. So yeah, they're, I mean, they're in, I think they're trying, they're in conversations with a couple of different people. I think they're trying to space out like the announcements of them. So it's not just like, Bleh, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, they're doing a great job. And I just, I, just to be clear, I am not an organizer with this rally. Um, they asked me to be involved kind of on the side to, because one of the demands is to free Assange. Um, so they asked me to be, uh, to help them out with the Assange messaging and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I'm doing some social media stuff for them. So I'm not an organizer. I don't want to take any undue credit whatsoever. Um, there's a lot of people who are doing an, listen, organizing is fucking hard. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly time consuming. It's stressful. 
Um, and there's a lot of people who are working very hard behind the scenes to pull this rally off. Um, so yeah, I just want to make it clear. I'm not an organizer and I want to take any undue credit. Um, but you know, this is, again, this is really important. The anti-war movement in this country has been all but neutered. Um, it's gone. Like it doesn't exist. And so this, this attempt to revitalize it is long overdue. It's incredibly necessary. It's needed. Um, and we need to figure out a way to come together, uh, for these things that we care about. Um, like I said, I don't care if we, if we disagree on abortion, if we disagree on economics, if we disagree on, um, COVID, if we disagree on whatever we can, that's fine. We can have those conversations at a different time, but if you want to fight back against the completely out of control, um, war machine and death economy and imperialism, uh, mm -hmm. and fight for the people of Yemen and Syria and Palestine mm -hmm. and uh, Venezuela and the numerous other countries, Africa, the entirety of Africa. Um, if you want to come together and fight back for those people and to fight not just for them, but for us, because our war machine is killing us, not directly. The bombs aren't dropping on us yet, but yet. Yet, but that's the chickens will come home to roost eventually. Um, yes. and we need to also be aware of the fact that the um, the amount of money <laughs> that is being spent on blowing people up for profit, uh, takes away from our ability to feed, clothe, house, provide health care for all of those things that I think most of us recognize that we need and that we want and that would make our country better and stronger um and yeah. we can't have those things until we destroy the military industrial complex um yeah. so it, this is it, this is important i cannot stress that enough i don't care if you don't like people involved um you don't have to that's okay um yeah. but show up if you can show up if you can uh help spread the word it is incredibly vital that we yeah. revitalize the anti-war movement in this country yeah and one of the things that one of the pieces that killed the anti-war movement was actually when Ronald Reagan was governor of California. A lot of people don't know this, but the reason why you guys have to pay so much now for your college tuition is because of Ronald Reagan, because that was part of killing the anti-war movement, because mm -hmm. the anti-war movement was very big in colleges until Ronald Reagan said, the proletariat is too educated. We need to gatekeep the proletariat. So they started charging higher rates for institutions, yeah. um, so for, for higher education institutions. And so now, now, not only is the war machine bigger, but it's been neutered. And you have these high student loans that you guys have to pay, mm -hmm. which you have really no way to pay it off because you can't claim bankruptcy. Thanks, Joe Biden. So it's really just one big vicious Well, that's circle. a great point. All of these things are connected. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people don't make those connections and they, they fail to see how, for example, what's happening to Julian Assange in my opinion, literally impacts everything, 
everything, all of the things that you're fighting for or against, you cannot be effective in that fight if you don't even have the ability to speak, if you don't have the ability mm -hmm. to educate yourself, if you don't have access to information. Um, mm -hmm. And it's the same, the, the anti-war thing, it's the same thing. The military industrial complex influences so much of our lives that I don't think a lot of people even recognize. For example, yeah. education, the, the idea that, and again, like I said earlier, knowledge is power. And that's what that was about, was taking away your power. And that's the same thing they're doing now with the attacks on free speech, with the attacks on your ability to protest. There are anti-protest laws in various stages of development in all 50 states right now. Um, yeah. And they are trying to take away your ability to protest. They're trying to take yeah. away your ability to redress your government. They're trying to take away. I mean, listen, this is not a joke. Like they, they they're coming for all of us. And that's yeah. why we say we are all Assange because we are, this is, it starts with him. It does not end there. It yeah. does not end there. Um, and that's why I, I'm super pumped. It makes me really happy. I'm usually very cynical um, for obvious reasons. There's not a lot to be <laughs> very hopeful about in the current climate. Um, mm -hmm. But seeing the way that the Assange movement has been very successful in kind of working across political ideologies um, and welcoming in people from anywhere, um, that has been very, um, uh, it, it's given me a lot of hope. And then seeing this, seeing this, uh, the, the Rage Against the War Machine rally and the way that they are kind of bringing people from all different sides. Um, it's great. I mean, in October, when I, when we just had that rally, we had people from all across the spectrum. I mean, we had, uh, you know, Chris Hedges and, um, you know, uh, uh, Dave DeCamp, who was a libertarian in the same rally with Ben Cohen, with Eliza Blue. Like we had people from all, and they were all, and listen, no fights broke out. <laughs> Everybody was fine. Reverend Annie Chambers, I just see her name now in the chat. Reverend Annie Chambers led our march around the Department of Justice. Um, and she was marching with people uh, that she 100% disagrees with. Jill Stein was there. Medea Benjamin was there. Um, we had Reed Coverdale was, oh, he didn't speak, but he was there. Um, uh, Olivia Rondeau was there. She's a conservative. Like we had people, a, a Fox News journalist, the only mainstream media to cover uh, that rally was a Fox News guy. Um, so yeah, that's it. And it was fine. Everybody was fine. We were able to come together on an issue that we all cared about and it was fine. And we can do that. And it's not only can we do that, we absolutely have to. We have to. Y'all, I get that we have disagreements and they are legitimate and serious conversations that need to be had. Um, and we're not always going to get along and we're not, it's not always going to be like a kumbaya, right? Um, but we can't even have those conversations until we deal with a system that is designed to kill us all period. We can't have those conversations. We How? You, your vote doesn't matter. Um, they don't care what you want. They don't care. They don't care your opinion on abortion. They don't give two shits about your opinion on the economy. They don't care. So until we deal with that system, none of those conversations even matter. Moot point. None of it matters. So let's deal with that first and then we can fight. Mm -hmm. We have to come together. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because number one uh you are a wellspring of information which i appreciate and thank you for that and we have to we have to get our head out of our ass yeah um especially many of us on the left because we tend to we have to keep ourselves from being tribalistic as well because if 
you know, we're trying to open people's brains, open people's minds. We have to do it in a way that lets them know that we care and we're compassionate about them because we don't want them to lose their rights either. Because if they lose theirs and we lose ours. What's the, um, I forgot who, the, the, the gentleman who wrote it, but he said, when they came for the communists, I did not speak out for I'm not a communist. And they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I'm not a train, trade unionist. Yep, that's happening right now. You know, except they came for the Jews, but I did not speak out because I'm not a Jew. And then they came and, for me and there was nobody to speak out. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't speak so, out for anybody else. Yeah. So my thing is, it's like, are we speaking out for other people who are disenfranchised and are we trying to talk to other people to awaken them to who the real threat is yeah because a lot of times there's certain people who will go well those truckers they're the threat right or they'll go all oh, the trans people are the threat or the mexicans coming across the border are the threat and it's like wait 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 you're talking about people who don't have power no power no influence, no, no money, no nothing. That's people. That's what I'm saying, JB. People get so distracted by bullshit. My enemy is not a trans person. It's not an immigrant. It's not uh, a trucker. It's not. It's none of those people. My enemy wears a five thousand dollar suit and sits in a boardroom. That's yeah. who my enemy is. That's who all of our enemy is. And we need to stop. Again, not saying we all have to get along and we all have to agree on everything, but we need to recognize who our true enemies are and deal with that and stop letting. Listen, that's. It's so annoying because this is exactly what they want. They want us fighting amongst ourselves. If we are fighting each other, we are not paying attention to the man behind the curtain. And that is why they spend so much time, money, energy, and effort making sure that that's the environment that we live in. And that's why yeah. Fox News riles up the right and MSNBC riles up the, liber the liberals so that everybody's fighting amongst themselves and nobody's paying attention to the fact that both of those places are owned and operated by the exact same fucking people. And they're just balancing each other out so that we're fighting ourselves and then we're not fighting them. And that's exactly what that you are doing the work of empire. And you just mentioned that we should fight for all of our rights because if somebody loses their right, then I also lose mine. It's really weird to me. And I see this a lot on the left um, where people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're willing to talk to Republicans. Like, Oh, you're a fashion enabler. You're a Nazi. Like I've had like people on the left have told me that I'm a fascist because I'm willing to talk to Reed Coverdale or Clint Russell or Scott Horton. And then meanwhile, when, when uh, a strike breaks out, they're like, oh, I support the workers. Do you, though? Do you support all of them? Because some of those people on strike are Trump supporters. Some of those people on strike are Republicans. Some of the people on strike are people who disagree with you on literally everything. Do you support them, too? Because I do. I support all of them. Don't be a hypocrite. Do not be a hypocrite. Don't pretend like you support workers when you don't. You support workers who agree with you. Be real about that. Be real. One thing that people, especially on the left, need to realize is that compassion is the greatest tool to move people to see your side. Yeah, you're That's certainly not thing. going to convince a, a conservative or who, by the way, agree with us on a lot, a lot more than we think. Yeah. Uh, but you're certainly not going to get them on your side if you look down at them, call them names, demean them, uh, which I'm guilty of with shit libs. Because 
I think shit libs are like the most dangerous force on planet Earth. Um, <laughs> legitimately, I think they're far more dangerous than, than conservatives. I think the squad is far more dangerous <laughs> than most people are willing to admit. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's um, and I, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I am 100% guilty of that. But we need to start working towards that um, mentality where we, although we don't have to agree on everything, we do need to start attempting to speak to each other with respect um and again also hard for me especially on twitter because i deal with a lot of fucking trolls and so my uh snark response is on a hair trigger because i'm just used to that um and i'm tr- i'm working on that i'm trying to get better because i think sometimes i've been uh really short with somebody or who was operating in good faith but i'm just used to people being shitty to me on twitter that i'm just like you know, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's my immediate yeah. response. Um, so I'm working on that. I'm not perfect. I'm certainly not pretending to be. Um, yeah. But we're definitely not going to bring anybody to our side um, by, you know, speaking to them as if they're idiots or less than or, you know what I mean? And I think that we've just lost so much of that. Um, I forget who one of my it might have been Reed, but one of my libertarian friends tweeted something that um they uh somebody asked a bunch of libertarians what do you think would bring socialists to libertarianism and they were like uh better arguments and better leaders and then they asked those same libertarians well what would convince you uh to go to socialism and they said nothing and i think that that's something that we really need to recognize that a lot of people we need to meet people where they're at and we need uh, drop the labels um Mm -hmm stop if you if you that's i think that we um once we label something socialist or communist it a lot of people who are to our right will immediately just turn their brain off and they're not hearing anything that we're saying so i think that that's i mean if we drop the labels i think we're going to be much more effective but also stop like demeaning people who disagree with you um Mm -hmm. just because somebody has a different opinion than you doesn't mean that they're a bad person or mm-hmm. um, that they're less than or whatever. A lot of people have just been propagandized mm-hmm. by different things and different yeah. people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We have a lot of work to do <laughs> on that. We do. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think that it would really get us a lot farther than this just constant, um, oh, well, you're a, a libertarian or you're a conservative, so I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm above that. Like, I've had literally people tell me that they're above those conversations. And no, you're not. <laughs> you're not above that. Yeah, they're just not willing to give people grace and being able to reveal the truth of what they know from their perspective to others. And they don't want to have to have that conversation or to basically they don't have the patience sometimes to which is okay i get that i'm not and i'm not saying that like that is for everybody or that you're going to be successful every time like i have those conversations a lot sometimes they go okay other times not so great (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. i mean uh and that's okay but just don't pretend as if you're above that or that you're uh too good to talk to somebody who disagrees with you you're not um you know nobody has all the answers nobody is right about everything uh be open to new information be humble in uh your Mm -hmm. knowledge um and just again i think it's just it's really about giving each other grace and and trying to find understanding uh again very hard about it 
<laughs> I'm, I'm right about everything. <laughs> I don't make any mistakes. I am not right about everything. Look, not even close. Look, look, every single wild hair on top of my head, I put that there on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> there are things that I know that I'm right about. Um, and that's generally the things that I will talk about the most because that's where I feel most confident. And I think that that's how, I mean, there, if you find something that you're passionate about and that you genuinely believe in, then go for that full force. Um, mm -hmm. but that's, I don't often speak about things that I don't feel like I know enough about to even have an opinion or people get mad at me all the time. Cause I don't talk about this thing or that thing or their thing mm -hmm. or whatever. Number one, I'm just mm -hmm. one person. <laughs> I cannot talk about all the things. Number two, mm -hmm. I don't speak on things that I don't feel like I know. Um, mm -hmm. So if I'm not talking about something, it's because I don't know enough or I haven't even heard. Like there's somebody got mad at me a couple weeks ago because I didn't talk about a thing that I didn't even know happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, what? it's very weird. But there's a lot There's a lot of that that goes, I mean, you know, a lot of the, I see it not just with myself, but with other activists. People will police what I'm doing rather mm -hmm. than do something themselves. Like if you, if there's an issue out there that you don't think is getting enough time and attention, rather than yelling at me because I don't talk about it enough, go mm -hmm. talk about it. Go do something. Organize yeah. something. Stop yeah. yelling at me for not doing the work. I can only do so much. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's yeah. a very strange thing that people get yeah. mad at me for. Well, it's and just yes, like get the... off my lawn. Somebody must have <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like the, the old saying goes, many hands make the load light. So I mean, if yeah. I can't pick that part up, then maybe you can pick that part up and then run with it so then it can get more more sunlight, you know. Yeah. So I, I feel like, yeah, you know, there are times where people may look at me and go, JB, you didn't talk about this. Like, okay, well, what you can talk about it and you can yeah. give it some sunlight yeah. because I, I I'm one guy. You know, I can talk about the things that are really closest to my heart. Things that I talk about are maybe LGBTQ issues. Maybe I talk about housing issues. I talk or about black issues. Yeah. People get mad because yeah. I don't talk about black issues. Homies, I'm white as fuck. <laughs> like, really? I'm supposed to go talk about black issues? That's ridiculous. I can support my black brothers and sisters. And, mm -hmm. and, but I can't, I have no business going out there and talking about black issues. Like, really? You want, yeah. you want me out there talking? No, come on. You're just, you're just, you're just trying to, uh, you're just trolling me at that point. Like, you're just trying to find a reason to be mad at me. That's absurd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's I mean, like asking me to talk about gay issues. I can't do that. I can talk about it from the perspective that my sister is gay. And so I've mm -hmm. seen what she's had to go through, but I can't talk about that from any place of yeah. authority. I know my place, y'all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to talk on things that I have no authority or knowledge of, and nobody should. You want me mm -hmm. to just go out there and speak on something just to speak on it, despite the fact that I don't have any, like, knowledge or awareness or firsthand mm -hmm. experience? But no, I don't want anybody doing that. Nobody yeah. should be doing that. This is like if they're talking about women's issues, I defer to my sisters on the subject. Right? You know, because and, and yeah. just story time. OK, so one time this was during the whole thing about Roe v. Wade being overturned. And I was just like talking about I was actually texting Savvy about this. And I was talking about I was thinking about going live and talking about the whole Roe, Roe v. Wade. And Savvy goes, well, this is, maybe you might want to invite a couple women to talk about it, you know, on with you. And I was yes. like, well, that's a good idea. And so I invited uh, three women. 
to came to come on and talk about it on the panel. Yeah. And, and that's I okay. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's okay. Like I think like if I were to, um, you know, talk about reparations or whatever, I would not like jump on and host a reparation show all by my lonesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would have yeah. people who actually know what they're talking about, who have a stake in that fight, who, you know what I mean? Like, and I think yeah. that that's okay. Like involving uh, or engaging in that conversation as a white person or as a man engaging in, I think that obviously that's necessary. We all share the same planet. We all have, you know what I mean? Like our, our um, issues intertwine and we all, you know what I mean? We're all here together. So I think having those conversations is good, but mm -hmm. expecting somebody to go out there and, and speak on these issues regularly when they have no <laughs> business doing so. Again, I think that those people who do that are just looking at a reason to be mad at me. They just want yeah. a reason to, uh, oh, well, you don't, you don't talk about black people. So you're racist. <sighs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you don't talk about, you don't talk about trans issues. So you're transphobic. No, I'm just not trans. So wh what the fuck do you want me to say? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's done. I mean, you know, of course you're going to express your solidarity with them, but yes, at the same time, it's I like, I'm know. not an authority on that subject. I'm never going to be, I'm never going to understand fully what that is or what that's about. You know, I can't, I can't possibly. So yeah, I'm not going to pretend or um, present myself as some expert on things that I don't know about. Nobody should. So stop getting mad at me for some dumbass shit, y'all. Like I yeah, have picked yeah. my lane. I'm very passionate about free speech, about press freedom. And because of that, I'm passionate about the Julian Assange case because that is, I mean, ground zero <laughs> mm -hmm. for those things. Um, so that's what I focus most of my time on. I talk about other things, but that is what I focus most of my time on. Um, mm -hmm. And that's okay. I, I, again, people get mad because, oh, you only talk about Julian Assange. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, I want my activists to be focused and passionate. Mm -hmm. Straight up. I want my, if you are a uh, gay rights activist, I want you focused and passionate. If you are an anti-war uh, activists, I want you focused and passionate. Like that's, isn't that a prerequisite for being an activist? <laughs> it's to like really care about the thing that you're fighting for. I thought that mm -hmm. that was common knowledge, but people get mad. Like it again, I think honestly, people are just trying to find a way to just be mad at me for some reason, makes mm -hmm. them feel better about, I guess, not doing anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it's always mm -hmm. people who have never organized anything who don't talk about anything. <sighs> You're free to do something too. You can't just put yeah. it all on those of us who are, you know? Definitely. Only definitely. so much time in the day. Only so much. And so I just want to thank you for coming. Thanks you for know, having this, me. Our conversations can go on. Forever. Till it's time for pancakes in the morning. <laughs> Girls love pancakes. Women love Look, guys. Straight and by guys, if you love women, we love get pancakes. Them, get them pancakes and make sure you find out if they like sausage, bacon, or if you're from the Northeast like me, scrapple. But make sure. And yeah. if they like eggs, I don't like eggs, but if they like eggs, make sure to get some, some eggs too. Yeah. But pancakes are always a winner. Pancakes are always a winner. Can't and if wrong. you don't like pancakes, then go with waffles, baby. Or French toast, even if you're feeling fancy. Oh, oh, oh I love by the French way. Toast. 
by the way, I found out how to make French toast without having to stand over a stove. You can just bake it in the oven. Yeah, it's good. You can oh also bake. God. You can also bake bacon in the oven. So yes, good. I I learned how so to do good. that in culinary school. Yeah. So you know, and, and the thing is, it comes out in nice, beautiful, crispy strips. Oh my goodness! So good. so yeah. Mm, mm. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I'm I, look. I, I okay. So I made uh I made blueberry pancakes for dinner on Sunday. Mm. I'm doing that again. Breakfast oh. for dinner is where it's at, y'all. Right, That's where it's at. So good. Oh my god, God, so like, good. Hey, put in the chat or in the comments. What is your favorite dinner? And you know, because I'll talk about that in a little bit. But boy, oh boy, some pancakes for dinner. And then you yeah. get really full, and then you get that, you get that sleepy, you get yeah. that carb sleepy, and it's yeah. at night. So yeah. then you can just go straight to sleep, and then you so just good. oh, so good. Oh lord! It's even better if you like smoke some weed, eat some pancakes, pass the fuck out. It's like the best thing ever. I don't, I don't have any. Weed. That's what heaven is made of. <laughs> oh. Heaven is just a place on earth. Hey. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Don't do not let me and you hang out, and then we get high. Do not let that happen. No, that needs to happen. Are you kidding? Look, if it happens, I will not leave your house. That's all right. I got an extra bedroom, dude. <laughs> You're, the you're in. is a liar. Let me go pack my bags. Holy crap! I'm getting over there. I mean, oh. to be fair, you'd have to move to Ohio, which is not great. But you know, you could always just come for the summer and then go back to Florida for the winter, and then come for the summer, go back to Florida. For, you could like, you know, kind of be a. <laughs> people do that all the time. Lots of people from Ohio have winter homes in Florida. So Ooh, rich, rich folks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's a big yeah. thing in Ohio. Lots of people have houses in Florida. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So... Thanks for having me, JB. I love you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Love you. Yeah. Good to and see thanks, you. everybody. Thanks, everybody in the chat. Please come to the Rage Against War rally. Um, I'm also organizing something in DC for April 11th. It's a Tuesday. I know, guys, but that is the fourth anniversary of Julian Assange being essentially kidnapped from the Ecuadorian embassy. I felt it was very important to have a presence in DC on the day. Um, we discussed doing it weekend before, weekend after, but I think it's important to be there on the day. So April 11th, it's a Tuesday. I know that's good. That means it's probably going to be a smaller rally. I'm fine with that. We need to be there on that day. Um, so mark your calendars for that. Please come to DC next month on February 19th for the Rage Against War rally. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, keep fighting these motherfuckers. All right. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much. I love you. Bye. Bye. Steve. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Gotta love Misty. Gotta love her. All right. Just want to give a couple of super chats. Thank you so much to Beffer Luguer. Thank you so much for Roses. Thank you so much, JM, for the thumbs up, the super thumbs up. Bill Bradley says the U.S. education system is the formal indoctrination system. Any narrative a school wants to push should be looked at with suspicion. Agreed. Thank you so very much. Bill Bradley continues, says, have to be able to see temporary alliances and when to use them. The biggest enemy right now is the empire allying with people 
against that does not mean they will be long-term allies. Agreed. This is what coalitions are made of. Sulamun says they'll not stop at just one cop city either. Cop city coming to a town near you. And don't forget his they've carpet bombed U.S. cities in the past. I think there was the move bombing in Philadelphia back in the 80s. So they've done it before. They'll do it again. Thank you again, JM, who is also a JV member, for the $2 as well. <laughs> always, baby, always, always. Mouse did. I saw you in the chat. Good to see you. Anon user, also good to see you. Norman Kina as well. I didn't get to say hello to you. Yep. 99. Wait, how did I go that many octaves? I don't know, but it's cool, isn't it? Captain Obvious is also in the chat. Good to see you as well. I didn't get to say hello to you earlier. We have Terry Connolly. Did I get to say hello to you, Terry? Good to see you, Terry. Also up in the chat. All right. And uh, there's a few people who I didn't get to say hello to, uh, but they're way far in the chat. Uh, let's see. Just checking out. Let's see. Uh, Okay, new people, haven't got them yet, but they'll come in. Also, just the thing to, oh, I meant to do this earlier. Subscribe to my Substack. Yes, I will be doing alerts for my Substack so that because the algorithm doesn't really like people like me. So I also have a Substack. So I'm starting off. I did an alert for this stream. I will be doing an alert for next stream as well for Substack. So if you guys want to get alerts from me on my Substack as well, then go to go to jbfont.substack.com. I also have a Substack there too. So I'll be making sure to do that as well. Uh, by the way, shout out to Savvy. Thank you for helping me to learn how to do that. See, we mesh well together. Friends, how many of us have them? So, yeah. And also, by the by, also, if you guys have not subscribed to my Patreon or to my coffee, then I also have those as well. That's just to support this channel so that I can keep on going. Having people like Misty on. Once again, and I cannot stress this enough, make sure to, if you can, get your behinds out there. Get your booty out there to the Rage Against the War Machine rally that's going to be happening in Washington, D.C., February 19th. Make sure to get out there because we need to end these wars. We need to get our attention on this because excuse me because once we get our attention on this people need to know because once people know and it and people utilize their sense of outrage guess what 
then we can have a chance at really ending these things. It can open people's eyes even more. And that's what we're looking for, opening the eyes of people so that they can push for a more compassionate government. Because the world deserves a more compassionate United States. Because a more compassionate United States means that we will not be bombing brown people in other countries for their resources. Or pitting sanctions against them in order to punish them for having a economic ideology that we don't like for some reason. Because they're doing more for their people than we are doing for ours. And so that subscribe to my Substack. Also, did you guys like the stream? I know a few of y'all y'all liked it, right? All right, thank you. Thank you so very much. Also, just to let you guys know, uh, I will be getting into the last part of Dirty Tooth by Michael Parenti. I'm going, to, I'm about to finish. So if you guys have not been following me on reading Dirty Truths, make sure to get in on that. Just go to the playlists and then I have reading Dirty Truths by Michael Parenti. Go there. I covered it. Okay. Also, if you guys are on Rockfin, you guys can read, can get all the readings of Blood in My Eye by George Jackson. I finished it all on Rockfin. Go ahead and go there on my Rockfin channel to get all of that. I'm going to also be continuing the reading for Asada Shakur. So her autobiography, I'm going to continue the reading for that very soon. So make sure to subscribe for regular updates on the readings for Asada Shakur. That's what I'll also be doing. I'll be heading over to RBN for RBN Live. Uh, I got another story I'm going to be covering there. This one is going to have, this is going to be doing with black police officers. So this is going to be an interesting story that I'm going to be focusing on today. So I hope you guys will be able to join me. And then I'll probably try to cover a little bit more about what's going on here in Florida regarding these laws, like the, the Stop Woke Act and the Don't Get Say Gay that Ron DeSantis is pushing. Uh, I, I'll say this, Ron DeSantis is, is truly um, uh, uh, fascistic in his ways and people like Ron DeSantis do not deserve to have any type of political power over people because he is anti-free speech and he is anti-black. Uh, and so people do not need to have somebody like him to govern over them. I'm just going to say that much. Uh, so, yes. So subscribe to my Substack. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to all the patrons on Patreon and patrons on Coffee that you can see down here. Thank you to all the members. Thank you to all the people who send me mutual aid via various platforms. I also have, I also have my GoFundMe in the description as well. Thank you so much to everyone for your beautiful comments. Thank you for all the love. You guys are brilliant. You guys teach me every day, which is what I need. So 
I will see you guys later. Uh, I know Sabby will be live this evening on her channel. I know CJ will be going. CJ and Nick will be live tomorrow as well. So make sure to catch them as well on RBN. That's going to be good. Who I Wait, who do I have on come on next week? Hang on. I'm sorry. I got to look at my calendar. Um, I'm trying to be more organized, people. Just let you guys know. Uh, next week, I will have on Do Dissidents on this channel next week, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be fun. Going to have a great conversation. I cannot wait. Water your plants. Water yourselves. Leave the world better than you found it. And rage against the war machine, people. Bye. Mwah! Forehead kisses to every single one of you because you like the stream. You did. I know you did. You're beautiful. I love you.